episode of the Fire and Water podcast, the official podcast of AquamanShrine.com and FirestormFan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the irreconcilable Rob Kelly from Aquaman Shrine. Good morning, Shag. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I am excited beyond belief. I, I, I love Fire and Water podcasts. I love doing these things. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about we today. Do. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's a, just chock, a highlight of my week. It's a chock-full episode. It's, it's just tons of stuff. It's bursting at the seams. Absolutely. So everything in my personal life, other than my family, seems to be spiraling out of control, so I need this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. It's a lot of pressure to put on the show. It's on you, buddy. Don't screw it up. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot to introduce the show properly. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to say the Firewater Podcast starring Chag. And the award-winning Rob <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> that's right. I read that it was a a a, 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 a person's a listener's suggestion. A st- I, what's the name of the people? I keep forgetting our name. What we call everybody? Nuclear <laughs> subs. I blanked out what of that entirely. You? I don't know. I'm gonna have to edit that out. He um, doesn't love. He doesn't love you like I do, folks. <laughs> I just blanked out. Yes. Um. Like we talked about in the previous show, I was up for a Philadelphia Geek Award for best for comic book writer of the year. And the ceremony was held on Friday, the uh, August 17th, and I won. I won the award. Uh, yes, I did not going in. Going in, I did not expect that at all. And um, we had a very nice time. It was held at the um, Academy of Natural Sciences, which is, you know, definitely like the kind of place that uh, a 60s DC comic would have taken place in, you know, like Ray Palmer <laughs> would have worked at. And they had a, a little uh, kind of banquet beforehand and some cocktails and, and I was there with Darlin Tracy and my partner Dan was there with, with his wife Kayla and um, we had a very nice time and so we go into the theater and they have guys come out and you know do a little intros and so then they had different people giving out the awards and they got to us near the end and I was totally like I'm not going to win this because I was up against um, Brian J. Glass from Mice Templar which is from Image and that's a really good book and 
I was just like, okay, you know, this is great. This is great for the attention. I'm not going to win. It's fine. And you, you, you've been practicing your face off. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Well, for look, it was dark in the theater. It was dark in the auditorium, <laughs> so nobody would have known. So I'm sitting there, and the way they did it was they put everybody's name name up on the screen above what they were nominated for. And then it would say, and the winner is, and then they put up the name of the winner. And so I'm just staring ahead at the screen, waiting for Brian, the, the, the letters of Brian's name to form on the screen in front of me. So I'm just sitting there, and then the guy, the guy says, and the comic book of the year is, and then he opens it, and then he hear, and then I heard my name, and I was yep. like, what? You know, like, you know, and then I turned to my right, and Tracy's face was like lit up, and, and I saw Dan and Kayla clapping, and then it sort of said, "Now, all this took place in, you know, a tenth of a second, but it felt like it was yeah. fifteen minutes." You know, I was just like, "And uh, wow!" So I went up, and I, I, I had somewhat, uh, some of my mar- remarks somewhat prepared, so uh, I was able to get get it out, I guess, reasonably coherently because everyone said it was pretty good, and I got some compliments on the speech in the. Uh, the hall later on. So I thanked, I, uh, I mentioned, you know, how sort of why Ace Killer was created. And, um, and, and I made a, I mentioned about, uh, you know, I can't believe we beat Mice Templar. Haven't any of you people read Mice Templar? And, uh, <laughs> um, um, oh, and I cribbed the, the first line. The first thing I said was good God, this is amazing, which is cribbed entirely from Bob Dylan's speech when he won the Oscar in 2001. And I thanked. Uh, I can promise you, no one got that. Yeah, I, I'm sure no one got. It. I just did it for myself. Um, and then, so then I thanked Dan, and I thanked Tracy, and I thanked Joe Kubert, which got a round of applause. And um, and then I, I got off the stage as soon as I could. <laughs> so, it's a cool award. I mean, I, some of you have seen it. I posted it on Facebook, and it lights up. It's like a little robot, and it lights <laughs> up. It's really cool. And so, uh, you know, people came up to me in the in the hall and said congratulations and some people said like, well you know what is ace killer they hadn't heard of it you know what i mean they didn't know what it was so i had to tell them oh it's acekiller.com go there look at it so uh yeah it was tremendous it was a tremendous tremendous experience and uh, uh apparently they recorded it the whole thing and it will the video of which will be up in a week or two so um everybody will get to see me trying stumbling through my speech and what I love is your recollection of it versus what we're going to see on video. I know. It'll like, be you interesting. You up on screen drooling. Like, duh, 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 <laughs> I won. I won. I won like, a pretty prize. You really like me. Yeah, that's exactly how I sound it. So. But it was, it was a tremendous evening, and, and we look at it like it's a great bit of praise for Ace Kilroy, which is still less than a year old. So we're, we're very, very happy about that. And, and uh, you know, and, and, and I love Blinky, as I call him. Oh, Well, um. Pulling back the uh, the veil and actually being nice to you, for my friend Rob, for a moment, I will say uh, a sincere and heartfelt congratulations. You deserve it. I know how hard the, you've worked on this project. I know, well, actually, I don't know how hard. I, I have an idea how hard you've worked on this project. Uh, I know how much it means to you, though, and I could not be happier for you. So, congratulations, thank you. Friend. thank you, thank you, thank you. It was wonderful. It was really a great, great evening all around. Uh, and I would like to announce my award. Uh, my daughter drew me a picture that said, I am the world's greatest dad. Aww. So um, I get, got up, I uh, gave my speech. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> You're going to put that up on the Fire and Water podcast Tumblr? Well, now that you mentioned that, I'm glad you did. We, uh, Folks, for those of you who have been skipping our Who's Who episodes, and um, to you people, we hate you. Yes, um, nothing but contempt. Right. 
Rob has put together a Tumblr site for us where we're going to be putting up lots of pictures. So far, it's mostly been who's who type pictures related, um, but we're going to be putting up stuff like, um, you know, stuff related to the episodes. For example, this time we're going to be covering, I'll just say, we're going to be covering um, the Fury of Firestorm number 12 in just a few minutes. So I'll probably throw the cover to Fury of Firestorm number 12 up there and maybe a panel or two. So, and uh, we'll make it related, you know. We did an episode about... Um, Smallville, not too long ago, so maybe you'll see a picture of Erica Durrance in a bikini up there. You know? <laughs> what are the odds you're going to find a picture like that? <laughs> if I'm involved, probably pretty high. <laughs> by, by the way, giving credit where credit's due, um, introducing Rob as the award-winning Rob Kelly, that idea came from Lee Novak. So yes, it did. You. Who shares my birthday? He has the same birthday as me. Well, maybe you share his birthday. I guess it's a way to look at it. It depends who's, who's older, I guess. I think I'm Old older. The universe than... apparently revolves around Raw award-winning Rob now. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. How do you fit... used... is, is Is the file size of our podcast actually going to get bigger to, to hold your ego? <laughs> I used Blinky to get out of a traffic ticket the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, where, where can people find that Tumblr, Rob? <laughs> it's uh, fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. And that's up there, uh, at least up until DC Comics tells us to shut it down. So. <laughs> I think they have enough problems uh, right yeah. now. <laughs> I don't think they're worrying about some Tumblr that two guys are operating. Uh, speaking of problems... Um, See, I'm Captain Segway today. Yes, you are. You wanted to talk about... Oh, I thought, thought you wanted to talk about... upsets in the Aquaman. By the way, well, you say your bit, then I got some comments. Okay. Well, uh, th- there are a ton of rumors flying around about supposed art art and writer changes, staff changes to the Aquaman book. And we're not going to, uh, as, as sort of the official uh, voice of the Aquaman trying, we're not going to, we have not been mentioning any of that stuff because it's all just rumors at this point, and we don't want to get into it because then, as I learned earlier this week the hard way, um, <laughs> the, even when you try and tamp that stuff down, it just gets out of control, and people just respond to it. So we're not going to, we're not, we don't know anything more than any anybody else does, so we're not going to we're just not going to get into it until we hear something official from DC or from somebody. We're just not going to get into it. But I did want to mention this. I saw a, a thing about somebody wrote on a site about, oh, is J- Jeff Johns is supposedly leaving Aquaman with number 16 or something, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I was reading then the message board related to that thread. And I, I read the comments, and the comments made me want to drive a spike into my skull because the comments were almost uniformly one of two responses. Jeff Johns is leaving as of number 16. Well, I guess I won't be buying Aquaman anymore. Mm. And I, I, that makes, again, I, I, I don't understand that because I think one of two things. If you're going to drop Aquaman after Jeff Johns leaves it, it means you're not enjoying the book now, which means why are you buying it? If you're not enjoying it, why are you buying it now? Who cares? If, you, if you're a fan of Jeff Johns, but you don't like what he's doing on Aquaman, why are you buying it? What are you, are you eight? Like, aren't you an adult? Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, I, well, I guess not. Well, I, I will say, um, I've been through this. Uh, I can help you. I've, there's this 12-step 12, 12 program I had to go through myself when Gail Simone left Firestorm because there was that, that exact post, just changed the name of Gail Simone and Jeff Johns and changed right. Firestorm for Aquaman. I saw tons of those. When the rumor started that she was going to leave, and eventually did, just astonishingly dropping it, dropping it, dropping it. So everyone said, not everyone, but a lot of people. So I, I, I can feel your frustration and your pain. It just, and well, right. And so, and, but then conversely, I say, if you are enjoying it, 
why would you drop it just because Jeff Johns is – like, you know what I mean? Like, it just makes no sense to me to say I'm only buying a book because this person is writing it, even uh, even though I don't enjoy it. I don't – you know, like, it just makes no sense to me. Like, if, if you still like the book, you know, give it a – keep reading it, and if you don't like it, drop it then. But to, to drop it before you would even – Give the new person, if there is even a new person, a chance. It just it, it doesn't make any sense to me to buy a book solely because of somebody's name on the credits, even if you don't like it. I don't understand that collector kind of completist mentality. It's very strange to me. Well, there's a lot of disciples who follow creators around. But I, I do want to say one thing for the, for the nuclear subs out there. Um, not trying to add credence to any of the rumors, but the majority of the rumors I've seen have been about the art team switching, not Jeff Johns. Just wanted to... Again, I'm not even going to get into any of that. I know, but I'm, I'm totally just making not. that clarification yeah. that that's the majority of the rumors have been about the art teams, not Jeff Johns. I do want to say one thing, though. If, in fact, um, the art team does leave, or at least that's the rumor going around, I think it's our fault. Because <laughs> yes. a, yes. a couple episodes, I started talking about once the guys left, you know, once um, Prado and, and Reese leave, they're going to go to Justice League. That was my speculation. Yeah. And then sure enough, like a week later, the rumors start. And I'm like, oh, my God, we started the rumors. Well, who's we, Kimasami? <laughs> Me. I did it. You did I it. affected the internets. Well, as we now know, Rob Leefield is free. So uh, he, can take over, he can take over Aquaman. That, I mean, there's a lot of creative changes going on. Rob Leefield is, is off his three books. Morrison is leaving. Grant Morrison's leaving? Yes. Holy crap, I didn't hear that. Perez, he's Perez is Perez Hold on. Is he leaving Action Comics or leaving DC? I think he's, I, as far as I know, he's leaving, I, I, you know, I don't know. I know he's leaving Action, but I thought yeah. he was leaving DC entirely. Because he's got that Batman book. He's got yeah. Multiversity. And okay. per, Perez, Perez left and said some nasty things about DC. Yeah. He always said stuff about the way New 52 was being run. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's not, it, it, that's very troubling. And, um, and we don't mean to be down on DC. We don't, and don't, don't jump in on, you know, in, in we're still very positive on the characters. We're still very positive on what DC's doing. It's just it seems it's been a rough month for them. Let's just put it that way. Well, it's it's troubling when you have several different creators leaving and all giving the same reasons. That 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 leads that gives credence to they must, you know maybe they're telling the truth if all of them are saying the same thing. You know. Least, it, go ahead. I mean that's what basically what Perez said. Too much editorial interference. Leefield said, too much editorial interference. Grant Morrison said, too much editorial interference. So you, after a while, you say, well, I guess there's a lot of editorial, you know, they, they're all lying. They're all, you know, so that's, yeah. that, that's the, the troubling part is that you say, geez, what's going on up there? But again, I'm not, I'm just going to be enjoying the book until, until, uh, you know, the inevitable day that Aquaman is canceled, <laughs> which yeah. always happens. But, uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm not really worrying about it. Plus, the rumors are. You know, whatever they're not, they're leaving on number sixteen. That's six months from now. That's a long yeah. ways away. You know. So now, from a business perspective, you know, I get even if even if everything's true and there's all these rumors about editorial interference. I mean, the head guys at DC are trying to run a line wide change. It's a it's a business. Yep. New Fifty Two is incredibly successful, so they're trying to manage their brand. And you know what? I can understand it. So, yeah. But I don't. Want, we're, we're already fifteen minutes into the show, so I want to I want to keep going. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention real quick, I have been cheating on Rob um, in, in more ways than one. Um, I have appeared on quite a few other podcasts recently. I didn't mean for that to happen. Rob, it just happened. Uh, yeah, exactly. It just happened. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry. I hope, you'll, I hope you'll forgive me. Um, <laughs> it didn't mean anything. 
Right. It didn't mean anything. So, uh, if, if you'd be interested in hearing me ramble on in other places, please feel free to check out Two True Freaks, episode number 279. Two True Freaks is a great series of podcasts. They have a whole plethora of stuff they put out through the same feed. I mean, they do Star Wars stuff, Star Trek stuff, comic stuff. Um, our good friend, Luke, our good friend, uh, Luke Giaconetti has his podcast, Earth's De- Destruction Directive, goes through there. Um, it's a great it's a great thing. Anyway, Two True Freaks, I was on there with my good buddy Scott Gardner. He and I walked around Disney World. When Remember how you were making fun of me about Disney World a couple of episodes ago? I wasn't making, never mind. Yes, you were. Anyway, uh, we recorded and chatted the whole way through. So there's a lot of talk about Star Trek and Star Wars and different things and comic books. So episode 229 of Two True Freaks. My good buddy Michael Bailey, who I'm always talking about here on this show, who does Views from the Long Box. He and I chatted about the deadly foes of Spider-Man. So that's uh, Views from the Long Box, number 140. That came out recently. Um, that was a fun talk. and really enjoyed talking about Spider-Man. Then I've also appeared over on The Unique Geek, which is... Uh, Man, you just a, give it up for anybody. I do. Well, Unique Geek's actually where my home started, my podcasting. Yeah, yeah, growth. yeah, yeah. That's where I started podcasting okay. for the very first time. Anyway, they do every year this big thing called the Dragon Con Countdown, the 50 Days of Dragon Con. And they're counting down to Dragon Con, and I co-hosted uh, two episodes uh, 50 Days of Dragon Con, day 25, where we talked with the track director for the British media track, or Brit track. So a lot of Doctor Who chat on that one. And then 50 Days of Dragon Con, day 24, where me and my old college roommate serve, we chatted uh, just about Dragon Con in general, just tips for people. So what speaking of Dragon What's his name? Uh, his name's Serve. Serve? So, Shag and Serve. Really? Uh, he's, he's my best friend in the world. Um, oh, ouch. I'm sorry, man. Uh, we've been friends for, God, 25 years or something. So, and I, I can say whatever I want because he will never listen to this show. After, after he went on a date, after he goes on a date, does he say you got served? <laughs> oh, you know, he's been married twice now. I'll have to ask him. Look at that. Like I said, I can say whatever I want. He'll never listen to this. Okay. I can promise you that. Anyway. Oh, does he drink uh, like Joe does? No. he No, he, he just hates everything I like. So. Uh, <laughs> And if Ed's listening, Ed's probably laughing his head off right now. <laughs> Ed's another one of our good buddies. So I'm going to Dragon Con next week, guys. Yay. I'm going ballistic. By the time you guys hear this, um, I'll be one day from going to Dragon Con. I will be losing my mind. So when we record our next episode, I cannot promise any of it will be coherent. So. <laughs> As opposed to the previous 27 episodes. Right, right. Exactly. So, um, by the way, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary. We've got to do something for that. we do something, yes. I just, All right. I, I'm sorry. I wanted to mention one thing. You talk about no. Pod- okay, let's go. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> talk about. I just wanted to plug a podcast because it's a really good show, and it's from a buddy of mine, Sean Tiffany, uh, my my best friend in the world. Just to get back at you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never even met you in person, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the point. Anyway, it's called it's called Back to the Drawing Board. You can't find it on iTunes just yet, but they you can get it on the website. It's www.back2 and the, it's the the number two back to the back to the board blogspot.com and it's him and another uh, artist named Jeff Lafferty and it's just two guys that are freelance artists talking about a life being a freelance illustrator and it, it's a very niche show I, I don't necessarily think that you know people that aren't freelance creative types maybe will this show will appeal to them but if if it if you are that type of person I think it's a fascinating show because I don't know of any other show that covers this kind of thing about this, the issues you deal with of trying to be creative, trying to be a creative person in, in, in life and how you deal with the business end of it and everything else. And it's, it's just two guys just talking and I love it. It's one of the few shows that like, I literally, the minute they post a new one, I jump right on 
and stop what I'm listening to. Even if I'm listening to Fire and Water, I stop that and I listen to. <laughs> you you listen to yourself? Yes, of course I do. We go back and listen. That's how we make sure these shows are so good. Um, so oh anyway, my gosh. So anyway, back back to the drawingboard.blogspot.com. If if you're someone interested in listening to the sort of creative process, it's this is a really really good show. They've done four shows so far, so just wanted to plug that. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Why don't we put a link in the show notes to that? Okay. Cool. All right, folks. Uh, here we go. We are going to talk about the Fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Men, number twelve. Now, I guess we should point out we're doing something a little different because Firestorm and Aquaman did not come out the same week this time. This is the first oh, month. Yeah. First month, I think they didn't. So we're going to be covering Aquaman number twelve in a different show. Yep. Yeah. So we'll cover Firestorm this time. What, our real focus of this episode, guys, is going to be Firestorm and catching up on some listener feedback. Woo. We got a ton the last several episodes. Oh, my gosh, it's insane. And we haven't had time to talk about it, so we're going to try and keep this front half a little brief so we can give more time to you guys on the back end. So that's what she said. Anyway, um, Fury Again, of Firestorm. this is why we have no female listeners. <laughs> Actually, anyway, Fury of Firestorm number 12. Um, issue is called Fallout and Decay, written by Joe Harris, penciled by Yildir Sinar, and he got some assistance this time from Daniel H.D.R., Inked by Marlo Alquiza, he did the Yildere scenes, and then Walden Walden Wong did the Daniel scenes. Uh, lettered by Travis Lanham, colors by Hi-Fi, and of course, created by Jerry Conway and Al Milgram. Ding! <laughs> so, we have a sound effect now. <laughs> I, I, if it, I, I'll just do it verbally. I could just there drop it, it in with a file, but it's easier for me just to say. Right. We spent thirty seconds talking about that. Spent over long on that. Just going through the credits of this book. They deserve it, man. So, okay. <laughs> awesome cover. It's got Ronnie and Jason um, in their regular costumes there, sort of uh, tiny in the, in, in the background almost. In the foreground are tons of Firestorm Protocol, the imperfect versions of Firestorm Protocols, the bad guys, the rogues, flying in towards Ronnie and Jason, and they're clearly about to get their butt whipped. I believe so that's called a pod, a pod of Firestorm. Po- a pod of protocol, <laughs> imperfect protocols. <laughs> Two against an army. To the death. So, um, hmm. I'm going to talk about the issue, and then I'm going to share thoughts. So, okay. I had to sort of think about how I want to tackle that, because there's stuff to say. All right. Give you a real quick recap. Uh, The issue starts off with Scorn, who is the fused entity of Ronnie and Pozar that was created at the end of last issue. Pozar has shown his true colors to be a bad guy, and he made Ronnie form this giant beast Scorn, similar to Fury that we've seen previously in Wrath. Uh, So there's Scorn versus Ronnie and Roxashi. And Jason arrives to help save the day. Jason has, re- has shown up. He realizes Ronnie's in trouble. So he has flown in to try and stop Scorn and help rescue Ronnie. Uh, then something very strange starts happening with Roxashi. She is clearly is suffering. She's clearly having problems. And ba-doom! She basically explodes. Um, turns out there is a sort of backdoor kill switch in all of the Firestorm protocols created by Zithertech. And uh, little Miss Zither... Uh, flipped the switch on Roxashi. So that was the end of the Indian Firestorm. Uh, it was it was sad. It was... It, well, we'll get into it more. It, it, it made me kind of bummed out that that happened. But So she, she explodes. Ron, uh, Jason survives. He says that the, the protocol sort of adapted his physiology to allow him to survive. So Then the scene cuts to Zithertown, uh, which is that sort of uh, little town that Zithertech runs. And uh, in the background is this giant Z building that I've talked about before. 
so they're evacuating Zithertown. I would not and want to work in that Z building. That Z part up there, that just looks structurally unsound. Well, the thing I like about it is Zithertown is being, or as they call it, Zithertech compound, is being evacuated. Because uh, there's a lot of concerns about there's going to be a massive congressional inquiry and there's going to be some ugly details that are going to come out. So what I'm sitting here thinking about, and I hope a, fellow, a, a comic writer down the line picks up on this, is that this town's now abandoned. So that Z building, is, in theory, could be for lease. So who's going to move in next? You know, I've got my ideas, but, you know, maybe Justice League International. I don't know. Somebody could use that Z building. And I just think it's Zuggernaut. Zuggernaut's going there, buddies, for you match heads. All right. Anyway, um, meanwhile, we're seeing Zither Town. We get to see Zither, and she's got up on her screen faces of the different firestorms, and she's got big red, red X's on the one she's already eliminated. For example, Roxas She. Then, and man, I am dying here. There is this two little panels. They show what I have to assume is the Chinese firestorm, who we still haven't seen yet. And I'm completely bummed that he's X'd out, which means we're never going to get to see him. And then there's another firestorm. I have no idea who it is in the background. So, uh, Yildere, I'm going to be writing you an email asking you about what the heck's up. Uh, so, back to the big battle. Hurricane, the British firestorm, and Firehawk arrive to help battle Scorn. Uh, then, very quickly, Hurricane's firestorm protocol backdoor switch is flipped also. And that's the end of Hurricane. Uh, Firehawk's protocol starts to be terminated. And Jason hands her this nuclear bottle. Uh, that he was given to him by Professor Stein. It was intended for Ronnie Raymond originally. He gives it to her, kind of hoping it'll jumpstart her firestormishness, and she would survive. And she grabs a nuclear bottle. She starts flying towards Scorn, but Scorn just <laughs> trashes her. Um, I love your sound effects. Thank you. Now, from inside the merger of Scorn, you see Ronnie is sort of struggling with Pozar. They're, they're, they're not physically fighting, because, you know, they're really mental constructs at this point, but they're, they're totally on opposite sides of this. You know, Pozar's in control of Scorn. Ronnie's trying to get out of it. And Ronnie does something interesting. I don't know quite entirely how to explain it. He, he, he throws, is the word. He throws to Jason. And he's hoping Jason will catch. What he throws, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I don't know whether he's throwing the Matrix, whether he's throwing himself... But the goal is he is leaping towards Jason and trying to merge with Jason to get himself out of the Scorn entity, almost as if they're going to form Fury. Uh, there's a lot of explosiveness and lots of bluey blueies that go on here. And the end result is Ronnie and Jason are in their completely normal teenage human bodies in an abandoned Zither town, I guess, or wherever they are. Um, I guess they're not in Zither town. I'm sorry. Wherever the battle took place, it's just them. They're in plain clothes. They're teenagers again. Appears the powers are gone, Scorn is gone, Pozar is gone, all of it. It's just them. Ronnie's hand is back, and they're like, "Can we go home now?" And uh, you know, like, "Yeah, I guess so." And they say, "Let's go find out what's going on." So they walk away. And there's a, a couple of a little two-page finale where uh, Miss Zither, everyone's favorite, um, you won't let me curse. That's really not fair. Anyway, so she's running. The Zither lady's running, and she trips. And she's trying to pick up her papers, and she's just saying kind of like how everyone's an ingrate and how they don't appreciate what she did. And you see Firehawk, who is clearly the, the, the kill switch started to affect her. Her body's sort of like crackly and looks like she's starting to fall apart almost. Firehawk's there, and she confronts Zither, and with a nasty smile, it appears Firehawk goes critical mass. You know, at the very least, Zither's destroyed. Um, it's possible that Firehawk could have survived this. I'm not entirely sure. 
because we saw her die earlier. So I don't know whether Firehawk survived the incident or not. I would hope so. And that is the end of the issue. Wow, what a whirlwind. Um, now, Rob, you jump in here with any comments as we go, but I'm going to talk about the most obvious one first, which I, is – What? did you have something? I don't have a whole lot to say. I, the, I, I, I don't. So. <laughs> okay. um, I really like the artwork, and the profile of Zither on page two is mm-hmm. the bottom panel is a very beautiful panel, very beautiful little profile. Those are those are harder to draw than you think, people. So this is really, really a very pretty drawing. Well, and the clever draw- thing about that drawing is um, you don't, can't see her mask, so you're not entirely sure it's her at that point, which is which very clever. Mm. So um, I'm going to talk about the art and everything in just a second, but I will say it seems this is obviously wrapping up the last twelve issues. This is wrapping up the year long story of the Fury of Firestorm. And all the Firestorm protocols. I mean, at the end here, it does appear that all Firestorm protocols are gone. Even Ronnie and Jason are powerless, as near as we can tell. And that is the conclusion. Um, the thing that's most obvious here, to me, this is my conjecture. I don't have any backdoor or, back or insider information. But this is not what Issue 12 was intended to be, I don't believe. The solicitation for Issue 12 reads as, the original solicitation reads as, The quest for Ashra Khan takes a new turn. And the menace of Zither is revealed. Ashra Khan's not mentioned in this entire book. Hmm. Um, we know that shortly after Ethan Van Skyver left, was DC made the decision to bring Dan Jurgens on the book. So at some point, um, unfortunately, Joe Harris and Neil Dreisner were uninvited to do Firestorm. So my speculation is that between the time of the solicitation of issue 12 and at the time they had to work on this issue, they were probably told, all right, you're leaving the book. Wrap it up. Mm. Here's what we want for issue zero. You know, we want issue zero because they get one more issue. We want issue zero to end with a merged Ronnie and Jason Firestorm. That's my speculation. And that would explain a lot of things about this issue. Like, for example, how it doesn't match up the solicitation, how it doesn't match the cover. I mean, the cover is something else entirely. The cover shows Ronnie and Jason battling a, a, an army of protocols. Hmm. That, that's not in the comic at all. Um, so I think, and, and as you, you probably know, comics are drawn. The comic covers are drawn far in advance of the issue itself. So that's what I believe went on here: was that they had a plan, they were told to do something else, and that's why issue twelve is what it is. Um, with that said, I enjoyed the issue. It's not the conclusion of the Firestorm Protocol story I was hoping for, meaning I, I really enjoyed the Firestorm Protocol story. I really enjoyed what Ethan and um, Ethan and Gail established. I liked what Ethan and Joe developed, and I liked the direction Joe was going. I thought issue 11 was, was, was I believe, if I recall correctly, Joe's first solo issue. I thought issue 11 was really good. I thought it was taking us in the right direction. I was really looking forward to seeing the Protocol stories develop. And now it's over. So it's not the conclusion I was hoping for. With that said, it was a decent conclusion. I mean, given that they had 20 pages to wrap this thing up, they did a pretty good job. I mean, they wiped them all out. <laughs> Every protocol's gone. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of unanswered questions. You know, fury, scorn, wrath. What the heck is it? That nuclear bottle that Professor Stein gave Jason, which was intended for Ronnie. I mean, there's... A lot of questions left, but 
We may never get those answers. I, I'm never going to see the Chinese firestorm, and by golly, I'm pissed about that. <laughs> by golly. I am. Well, you won't, again, you won't let me curse. So um, the artwork, really stunning. Like that splash page of Jason zipping in and saving Roxashi uh, against Scorn. I love that. Jason just, you know, Yildere has really taken Jason in a lot of places that, a lot of, that hasn't been there in a while. Like he is really heroic in these last few issues. And I think that's great. Jason is a hero. He deserves to be shown as a hero. And uh, Yildere has done a really and, – and it's really hard to make a bright yellow costume interesting you know, or be exciting, I should say. Uh, he's done a great job with it. It looks great. Yes, Yildere's work has always been very good on this book. High fives colors, stunning. Absolutely love them. By the way, when I say Yildere, I should, I should include Marlo Alquiza in there. I apologize for not specifically calling – I mean, obviously, this is a, a, a melding of pencils and inks and colors. So the, the three groups, Yildere, Marlo Alquiza, and Hi-Fi, great job, guys. Really, really nice looking book. Um, I mean, I, I dig the way Pozar is just, he's such a evil pose, you know, his arms out, his head back, and like, ah, it was just, it's great stuff, you know? Scorn is an interesting looking entity. Um, I like that his blasts come out of his mouth. I mean, he just, he looks like a bull, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, trying to, I'm flipping through here, just trying to find certain panels that really jump out. I mean, like you said, Zither, they did a lot of nice stuff with Zither this time, just sort of the way, like when she looks really, she almost looks sad. When she killed Roxashi, like she knows that all of her hard work on these protocols are, are coming apart. Are you laughing at that? No, I think I think Zither's sad because she knows she's going to be written out of the book shortly. <laughs> I like how inside Scorn we get to see Ronnie in that secondary power suit he was wearing, the purple one. And sadly, I don't think we'll ever see it again. But I thought it was a pretty cool looking suit. There's some really great Kirby Crackle stuff that goes on here with Firehawk when she's crumbling apart. And uh, a lot of it is clearly done with, um, I, I, don't, I don't know my art terms, but just the way that you've got the crackle, you've got her body crackling apart, but it's really done with more like white lines than black lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you, you're all art smart, so maybe you can help me out there. I don't know exactly, I don't know what exactly the term would that be. Gotcha. And the part where Scorn goes, Blar! and this is Firehawk, it, it echoes to me of two things. One, the Sentinel blasting Wolverine and that famous Days of Future Past, John Byrne. Issue, and also, um, and I may be misremembering this, but I want to say the Anti Monitor did something similar to Supergirl in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, no, he did that to Wonder Woman. Is that okay? Yeah, he blargs her with his mouth nastiness, and the number twelve just zips her right at the end there. Okay, Rob, seriously, come on, could you at least try? I mean, if you're going to say blarg, can you just blarg? You got to from the diaphragm. I'm not a performer. Yeah, clearly. Um, anyway, and we get a nice two-page um, splash, which is basically, I mean, this this one two-page splash here is sort of the end of the Firestorm Protocols. You see Ronnie reaching to JC, Jason. Scorn is in the background. You see Fury, sort of imagery of Fury. You see um, Pozar trying to pull Ronnie back. I mean, this, this two-page spread, I guess, unless something happens in issue number zero that I'm not considering, um, this is sort of the end of the protocols. And it's kind of a nice one to do because you get to see Fury, you get to see Ronnie and Jason, you get to see Pozar. Those are all important pieces of the protocol storyline. So it, if it has to go out in one issue, you know, that's a pretty good way to make it happen. I'm very interested to see what happens in issue zero. Uh, we do know it has to do with Johnny, Ro- Johnny, <laughs> Ronnie and Jason trying to reestablish their teenage lives, as I understand it, and then they, I guess they form the new Firestorm, and the world is sort of surprised that Firestorm's back. 
And uh, that's where that's going to go. Okay. Well, folks, um, we're going to wrap up our coverage of Firestorm number 12 there, and we're going to move on after the break into your listener feedback. Uh, yes, uh, the little break we're going to have is a video I found. It's, it's um, you know, that whole meme about the, you know, blank that people say, whatever it was, you know, stu- well, it's, and we're going to curse, you know, shit that, you know, women say, stuff that men say. Stuff that, so I found one that was uh, shit that comic book fans say. And I know that meme is kind of played out, but I thought it was funny. So oh, that's uh, funny. Yes. So enjoy this, uh, like, minute and ten seconds of uh, shit that comic book fans say. This book sucks. Where do all Spider-Man's webs go? Look, another Deadpool book! Can Superman and Lois Lane have a baby? He's an alien. Galactus is a f***ing cloud? Superman's dead? Superman's alive? Superman had a mullet? Do you think the human torch flames on during sex? Is this in mint condition? Excuse me, is this a number one? Wanna see my Green Lantern ring? No. Daredevil gets a lot of women for a blind man. I think Batman just crippled a guy. Reboot? Time travel? Again? Why is Spider-Man dancing? Look! Another Wolverine book! I could totally lift Thor's hammer. Wonder Woman is so much hotter without pants. Are you going to Comic-Con? Do you know how many points of articulation this has? Excelsior! Did you know there were five Robins? You didn't. I knew. Why is the Hulk fighting giant dogs? Not another reboot! Come on, DC! Frank Miller is a genius. <sighs> Frank Miller is an idiot! Damn it! Comic-Con is sold out. Who the hell is Maggot? I am so tired of clones. Yeah, I want to read that, but I'm gonna wait for the trade. Look, another Batman book! No one stays dead except for Bucky. Bucky's alive? No one stays dead except for Jason Todd. Jason Todd's alive? No one stays dead except for Uncle Ben. <sighs> Thank God. All right, folks, we're back from break, and now it's time for... Listeners Feedback! And what an insane amount of feedback it is, folks. Um, we haven't had a chance to do listener feedback in a few episodes, actually, like three episodes. We haven't which, had a chance to do listener feedback. Which we got dinged for. We totally did. Uh, Frank was, <laughs> and, uh, Frank gave us a nasty, nasty gram about that, uh, <laughs> no feedback, boo hiss. And I think anyway. Andrew Capellish, I think, said, called us unprofessional. Yes, he did. That's right. <laughs> Well, folks, what we've done is we've tried to keep the front half of the show as short as we can in order to get to, uh, honestly, your feedback, your part of the show. This is your part. So we're going to read as much feedback. We're not going to read all the feedback because it's just too much. (laughs) We literally can't. (laughs) Right. But what we are going to do is we're still committing to doing it. We're just going to save half of it for the next show. So we're going to read half of the feedback from uh, episode 25 which is where we covered issues number 11 of Firestorm and Aquaman. Then we're going to cover feedback from episode number 26, was like that short 10-minute episode that Rob did about Joe Kuber. And then we'll just cover general stuff. Then we'll save the feedback from episode 27, which was about Erica Durrance's breasts and Mercy <laughs> Reef. And, oh, I'm sorry, in, that, in that order. Right. And we'll save that feedback for um, the next episode. Right. So. With that said, folks, uh, we're going to jump right in. Russell Burbage, uh, little little Russell Burbage, ten years old from Connecticut, wrote us um, about <laughs> Connecticut. I sort of like the non sequitur of that. This <laughs> is Connecticut. He wrote us about um, this whole thing we, we were chatting about about King Arthur, you know, Aquaman and King Arthur, and, and the similarities in some of the stories there. And I had attributed it to Dan Jurgens, and then some other folks have said, no, no, it started earlier with Peter David. And uh, Russell says that he believes that Mark Wade and Alex Ross were actually the first to pick up on the King Arthur Aquaman thing when they did Kingdom Come. He thinks that came before Peter David. And uh, he remembers reading that Mark mentioned the idea and Alex went with the visuals. 
He also would like to say, here we go, would have liked to have seen them do something with Firestorm too, but of course, as everyone knows, Alex Ross hates Firestorm and refuses to use him. Boy, brother, you are speaking the truth. Uh, he, then he went on to say, I'm kidding. I'll still stick to my theory that Alex Ross believes the debut of Firestorm in 1979, uh, he means in, in JLA, uh, can see, coincides with the decline of the DCU, ha, 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 and places all of his stories before the death of Iris Allen. It's not personal. He was just too late to the party to be included in the fun. Um, Russell, that's a nice theory. But I think that um, Alex Ross genuinely hates Firestorm. I think he's got a dartboard with the nuclear man's face, and he likes to play darts on it every day. And it breaks my heart because I'm a huge Alex Ross fan. I have got a five-foot Alex Ross, George Perez, Perez poster sorry, uh, hanging over my desk in my office. It's gorgeous, and that's the only time Alex Ross has ever touched Firestorm. Well, in an, in an appropriate way, let's put that way. All right. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, we, of course, got an email from uh, Diablo Frank. Uh, he went through, let's see, like something like 17 different points, but uh, we're going to just trip him through these. He goes through again with the Peter David uh, Arthurian legend thing. Uh, to be honest, I don't care anymore. So we're going to go to point two. Uh, wow. <laughs> well, hold on. He points out that Atlantis Chronicles came out I said I don't care anymore. <laughs> but I do. He says Atlantis Chronicles came out in 94 and Kingdom Come came out in 96. So you know what? Throw down time. You guys, okay. you, you boys find the panels, send them to us. You guys, no, don't. You guys find the panels and send them to each other. I don't, <laughs> I don't care anymore. So uh, point two, uh, he points out that who hooked up Chuck Patton and Rob Kelly? You, lo- you know love me long time, Mr. Rob. <laughs> Just true. <laughs> I completely forgot to mention that it was, in fact, Frank that uh, hooked me up with Chuck Patton because Chuck had left a comment on Frank's blog first. And it was uh, Frank's generosity of spirit who pointed out to me, hey, you know, Chuck Patton, my, you guys might want to talk to him. So I apologize to Frank for uh, not mentioning that. You're, you're all about taking the glory. I am. I'm, I'm an award winner. Uh, it was number three. I was, think, oh. I was thinking, I was trying to think if the 2003 series Aquaman he's talking about left any villainous legacy worth revisiting. The thirst, Geist, all that Trident industry stuff. Guess not. Uh, Sub Diego was good. Yeah, I like Sub Diego, but uh, yeah, the villains themselves were not I, nothing yeah. terribly memorable. And I think that that's the kind of thing that just I, it's not even a judgment anybody makes. It just happened, you know whether. It, a villain is memorable, I think, if another writer picks it up and runs with it, and nobody has yet. No, nobody has seen, like, the thirst and said, oh, I'm going to go and run with that. So, I mean, maybe somebody could. There's a reason for that. Yeah, there you go. Number four, it would be it would be really left field if they tried to work in anything Silver Age about Ocean Masters, Aquaman's half-brother, and Atlan doesn't appear to be an option, so perhaps an entirely new version is forthcoming. I would argue that that's probably the case. Um, I would disagree that... Um I think Ocean Master will still be related to Aquaman somehow. Okay. I think it'll be like maybe um, Tom Curry's son from another marriage, you know, whatever. I think because it's just so integral to their characters that they're half brothers. Mm. So, I mean, I'm not saying it'll they'll stick to the the pure Silver Age or no, well, and stuff, no, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. I still think he'll be his half brother. Okay. Frank continues on for a brief assessment of the truth in Rob's dismissal. See Wikipedia's list of Aquaman enemies. If he needs, <laughs> if he needs cheering up, at least it's not the list of the Adams enemies. On the other hand, my boy John John's rogues could wipe the floor with the whole lot. <laughs> okay. If you if you want to read about that, folks, go to Firestorm Fan uh, on Friday, August 24th's post, where I point out that 
uh, Frank's just willy nilly trying to grab other people's villains here. Just because like someone appeared in Justice League, he's like, oh yeah, it's a Martian Manhunter rogue. What? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you know, and he's like, Brimstone is, is, is a Martian Manhunter rogue. My ass, he is. That is a Firestorm rogue, up and down, buddy. So anyway, oh. we love Frank. Frank Diablo Frank of the Idlehead of Diablo, That's which right. is a Martian Manhunter blog and a million other blogs. Uh, he messaged, notice how Rob cannot quite hide his incredulity at Shag's delusional defense of the Firestorm Rogues Gallery. Just thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah. It's funny, I did my best to hide it, but you caught it, Frank. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, he ends it with, I left the house at 8 a.m. for an in-service day. I don't know what that means. Got called to work to fill a shift. Uh, I think Frank's a male prostitute. Um, I spent about... A, <laughs> I spent an hour and a half on the road and didn't get home until 11 p.m. on about four hours sleep. Luckily, I brought my laptop, which sat on the passenger seat while I listened to the podcast on my lime green headphones. Thanks for the entertainment, guys. Well, you're welcome, Frank. And now, that, um, since the FBI has been following pretty much any of Rob's activities for the last 10 years and they listen to this podcast, they'll now be sending this information to the local police who will come arrest you because driving with headphones on is illegal. So... Um, Russell and Frank continue to argue and bitch at each other about this whole uh, Arthurian Peter David thing. Girls, and girls, you're both pretty. <laughs> I say keep it up. Keep it up, boys. Uh, we got a nice comment from Caffeinated Joe who said he was great to hear when we released episode um, 26 about fire and water. That Again, that's the Joe Kubert episode. And Frank had some things to say about okay. it. Yeah, of course he did. Um, he calls it the fire and water mini show, number one. Uh, I don't think I'm alone as a comic book fan and having a weird relationship with Joe Kubert, like John Buscema. Kubert never had a great affinity for superheroes. I, I would argue that's mostly true. I would say Hawkman is the exception there. But, but, but yeah, for the most part, I, I'd say that's a fair statement. Unlike Buscema, Kubert was in a place professionally with that, where that meant he could avoid drawing them more often than not. Since I'm one of the generations that came after all genres of comics had collapsed into some form of superheroics, I'll remember Kubert at best as the guy who, drew, who did a few old war comics that happened my way, provided the art for house ads that I would marvel at. Um, he talks a little bit more about Joe Kubert, but yeah, I think that that's true. I think Kubert was enough of a legend that he could sort of go off and do his own thing, as opposed to Buscema, who I think seemed to kind of just take the jobs as he, as he was handed them and not, not terribly happy about it. Um, so, you know, yeah, if you, if you weren't a superhero guy, Kubert probably didn't like figure too, too largely in your, your sort of worldview of comics, but, um, yeah, certainly, a, you know, an amazingly legendary figure. Absolutely. And I, th I thought one of the things I would just want to mention that Frank mentioned, I, th I thought it was nice he gave Luke Giaconetti a shout-out, because Luke Giaconetti is probably the only member of our JLA blogosphere, if you will, who uh, can really claim Joe Kubert as theirs. So, uh, And, and, and uh, Luke did do some nice stuff about Luke, Joe Kubert on his blog over at yes. beingcarterhall.blogsalot.com. Yes, you should check that out. All right, folks, we're going to save, as I said, we're going to save the feedback on episode 27, which was the Smallville stuff for later. Um, let's see. You had some comments on Firestorm Fan about episode 25. Ah, uh, there we go. Thank you. I was a little lost. Okay. In <laughs> the, well, in the 15 pages of feedback we got, you guys are awesome. Seriously. I haven't said it yet, and I know I say it all the time, but please, folks, please keep the feedback coming. I can't tell you how great it is to interact with you all this way, to see you all interact with each other building this community of nuclear subs of aquanauts and matchheads and uh, I miss waterlog anyway and I don't <laughs> going back and forth and just it's great I I really feel like we've got a community of firestorm and aquaman fans who don't see eye to eye but realize that we're all in it together which is great 
So uh, Lee Novak wrote uh, in regard to the Firestorm issues number 11. At the time, he hadn't gotten to his local comic shop, so he couldn't say much about him. But he did want to voice some quick support for a Firestorm Aquaman crossover. We had mentioned that in one of our episodes. Someone had suggested it. And we thought it was kind of a far-off stretch, but it might be fun. Well, some people ran with this ball. So uh, Lee continues, just two, thir- two to three issues, something like Firestorm 18, Aquaman 18, Firestorm 19. Give Jurgens a while to tell his first arc or so, and give Johns a little lead time uh, to lead up to something in Aquaman. I think some exposure of the new Jurgens Firestorm uh, is... I'm sorry, I think some of the new Jurgens Firestorm is a top-selling book like Aquaman could possibly boost sales. As clear, Aquanauts would follow their guy over from Firestorm for a um, book for a couple of issues. He said, well, all we need is a villain who'd make sense for them both to fight, possibly Typhoon. That's actually a really good choice with water and fire, I mean, with, with, between the two characters. Anyway, so anyway, back to work. Thanks for a great show. At least one of the folks that listens to our show at work. We just think it's so cool. Um, now, the conversation continues on, on Firestorm Vane. Ryan Daly says Typhoon would be a good villain for the crossover. So would a revamped New 52-ified version of Chemo. Or chemo. I don't know how you say that. I, th- I, I believe it's chemo because I, okay. I think chemo sounds like that one, you know, specifically that one thing. So. Gotcha. Makes sense. Uh, little Russell Verbage, little Russell Burbage, um, seven years old from Nantucket, said, "Put my vote in for a Firestorm Aquaman crossover. The villain of choice would be the villain choice, of course, would be Slipknot. Of course." <laughs> um, uh, he went on to say, I have to say I agree with Rob's assessment of the book as a whole. Talking about Firestorm. Too violent and too complicated and too many characters running around that I just don't care about it. I hope Jurgens returns the character to its roots literally and makes him similar to Captain Marvel again. I'll be back for the reboot, but it will take a couple months off. Sorry, Shag. Well, I say you should start with issue zero since uh, there's no characters to worry about anymore. There you go. So. Um, Martin Stein, RIP, came in. He said uh, he thinks the closest thing to Jerry Conway's original Firestorm being published right now is a comic that nobody's buying, and that's Blue Beetle. And uh, there's some credence to that, the teenager fun sort of aspect. I actually bought the first nine issues of Blue Beetle, but it wasn't grabbing me as much as I hoped it would. I love the character, just the series wasn't grabbing me. So. Well, somebody must be buying it because it's still around, it's, right? It's not, it didn't get um, cut. It's, it's 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 still around, still being published. It's not in the high sales area, but it's one of those books that DC wants to continue. Right, but I mean, it made the it did it it made the first round of cuts. So obviously, somebody's buying. It, well, yes, but I guess what I'm saying is, by its sales numbers, it could have been cut. Oh, I see. Okay, I, I yes. see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Um. We got uh, Ben Avery mentioned. So Shag, your renaming of your co-host continues. At least <laughs> calling him Ron instead of Rob makes sense. Although I'm not going to worry though until you start calling him Ronald. Uh, yeah, my response to that was, I'm sure that's coming. Shag sent me a pair of glasses the other day. I like that you actually mixed up your joke there, because Professor Stein actually wears the glasses. You you, you would call me Ronald. Oh, but... yeah. Oh, uh, well. Yeah, well, okay. Uh... <laughs> I only half pay attention to what goes on. I'm a Firestorm fan. Right. Thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, I can't keep up with Aquaman, Ryan. There's like 15 posts a day. <laughs> I know. So, uh, Keith... out of hand. Keith Samra, our buddy from, one of our buddies, I should say, from New Zealand, came in and said, the cross... The crossover between Aquaman and Firestorm I mean, sounds great. One wonders if Firestorm can affect the properties in Aquaman's Trident. Actually, has Firestorm ever changed the properties in a mystic artifact? Hmm. I don't know that he has. I'm trying to think. Nothing comes to mind specifically. Firestorm doesn't tend to mix it up with magic people. He, he has occasionally. I mean, he's fought a ghost or two before and things like that. Um, <laughs> it's just funny the way he said that. He's fought a ghost or two before. Well, it's like talking to comics, like, well, he died and he got better. Yeah, who like, hasn't? Yeah, exactly. um, that would be an interesting thing. I think, I think personally, he would have trouble. 
uh, affecting Aquaman's trident. However, he could create a giant, um, you know, sunbathing bath around Aquaman, dry him up like a sh- shriveled shrimp, and he'd be dead in about five seconds. But you know, that's a whole different thing. Uh-huh. Uh, All right. <laughs> got an email from Keith Sammer again about the, the Joe Kubert episode. It was a good episode. I enjoyed Rob's story. Tried to envision it in my mind. To be able to draw while not looking is an incredible talent. Obviously honed through the many years he worked in comic industry. Uh, Rob may have been intimidated by him, Joe being the legend he is, but obviously Joe saw great talent in Rob. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I think I think my check's cleared. Uh, great, epi- oh. great episode, short and sweet. Thanks, Rob, for sharing that memory with us. RIP, Mr. Cooper. Thanks for the wonderful, wonderful art and memories. Uh, so thank mm-hmm. you, Keith. That's nice. Uh, I'm going to talk about Twitter, folks. Uh, you guys. Strap in. Uh, what's that? Strap in. <laughs> this is, this is going to be lightning. This, this, the list is so big, I'm going to have to read it really fast. But remember, folks, please use on Twitter the hashtag pound FW podcast. Let's keep it going. You guys have been great using it. You really have. But I just want to reinforce that pound FW podcast. Uh, I want to give some thanks first off to three individuals who retweeted uh, some of my tweets about Firestorm. Uh, Hi-Fi Color, which is the colorist on Firestorm. Yildare Sonar, who's the artist on Firestorm. And Joe Harris, who is the writer on Firestorm. So uh, it, I can't tell you how much it means to me when I see those guys retweet something about the Fire and Water podcast. It, it, it's awesome. So going to have to figure out how to get Dan Jurgens to start retweeting my stuff. Hmm. So uh, just so I can rub it in Rob's face that, you know, your guys don't. And that silence was intentional. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do want to mention one more retweet I got just because it is relevant to a recent episode. Um, Emily Beck Richards, Rickards, I'm sorry, Emily Beck Rickards, who is playing the role of Felicity Smoke on the upcoming uh, CW show of Arrow, she actually wrote me back when, uh, on Twitter when Woo! I mentioned. Uh, her playing that role. And it's not one specific to our podcast, but it was about her playing that role. And I thought that was really cool. That's so. wonderful. All right. Here we go, folks. For you Twitter folks, strap in. Here we go. Our thank you, our deep, 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 sincerest thank you to everyone who helped us promote the show on Twitter. And those people include Hector, <clears throat> Hector Negrete at Bauhaus 45, Las Cueba del Nerd, which is uh, translates to Nerd's Cave, on Twitter, Raul Cotto Verified, who's Mass Fuego on Twitter, Al, Alan Middleton, goes by Professor Alan, Corey Hodgden, Higher Rock, Girls Gone Geek, that's my good buddies over at girlsgonegeek.com, you need to go check those ladies out, it's girls-gone-geek.com, don't type it without it, I think you end up like a Russian porn site, but um, Erica and Vanessa are good friends of mine, and um, so definitely go visit them. They're a great site. Randy Caldwell, Mr. Perturbed, Luke Giaconetti, El Jacone, Jay Nicolosi, which is The Flash Reborn, Bill Bailey, which is BB Netman, Keith Samra, which is Kel L. Samra, Joe Slab, J Slab 425. Nick! <laughs> Try to come up with something. <laughs> Luke Dobb. Everybody enjoys Foster Brooks comedy. <laughs> Good stuff. Luke Dobb, Dobb Creative. Richard Taylor, Comic Heretic. Tower of Fate, which is Tower of Fate. Kichi Baker, which is KGBUNC. FK Podcast, which is our buddy Charlemagne, which is FK Podcast. Gustavo Jorge, which is Jiorfi underscore Might. Andy Capellish, which is just Capellish. Clint Buckler. The Clintro. That's a great, that's a great handle. Matt, who's the bear, says. Geekies, which is Are You Geeky? 
Ed the Unique Geek Crosby at Ed, Edward Crosby. A Week in Geek, which is just A Week in Geek, one word. SRJ Vaughn, which is SRJ underscore Vaughn. iGlobalCast.com, goes by the same. Caffeinated Joe, which is Wings1295. And Speed Force, which is our buddy Kelson, which is just Speed Force Org. So, thank you so much for those guys. Wow. And I've got a lot of little comments you guys made on Twitter I wanted to mention. Uh, Gustavo Jorge says, uh, it doesn't hurt that you guys have one of the catchiest theme songs for a podcast ever. No, it doesn't hurt that. It doesn't hurt at all. And uh, I actually, I'm not sure if he was specific to uh, the opening theme of this show, which is by... Um, Michael Kohler. <laughs> Michael Kohler. Michael Thank Kohler. You, Michael Kohler. Or the ending theme, which is by Daniel Cynical Adams and the Bad Mamma Jammas. Or if he's talking about the Who's Who song, which is by the Bad Mamma Jammas as well. But all three are awesome. So yes. you're absolutely right. Oh, you know, he said catchiest theme songs, plural. Yes. He's talking yeah, about all of them. Talking about all. Yeah. There you go. Keechee Baker wrote, uh, in issue number 11... Um, I had, well, I had in the podcast, I had talked about how Jason sort of demonstrated what I thought was a new power where he's there and suddenly he's not when he's talking to Firehawk. I thought maybe he either teleported or flew really fast. And what Key said was he took Jason's deer disappearance as it was a construct to distract Firehawk. And I bet he's exactly right. Uh, that makes sense. Hector Negrente sent us a picture via Twitter. He said, in Mexico, it's becoming trendy to dress as Aquaman. He <laughs> sent us this photo of a mannequin in a shop window, and she's wearing an orange, almost like sparkly sequin shirt, it looked like, and green pants. Very Aquaman-ish. Uh, so that was great. Um, Hector Negrete commented on something. <laughs> All right, you heard, us say, you heard Rob say it earlier, because Rob likes to recycle jokes, where he said that there was, you know, so I had said something about a girl, and he said that's why people don't, girl, we don't have girl listeners listening to Fire and Water podcast. Well, Hector picked up that drum. Thank you, Hector. <laughs> <laughs> the Fire and Water podcast doesn't have a lot of female listeners because literally every girl mentioned by a Firestorm fan is, quote-unquote, hot. <laughs> it's not my fault that I'm a connoisseur of the female form. I think all women are beautiful in some way or another, and I think they should all be celebrated. That's why you're a bunch of lonely comic nerds living in your parents' basements. Take it! <laughs> so, all right. Keith Samra. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Hector. <laughs> Keith Sammer said, finally finished the special edition 25th episode with a chrome <laughs> of the Fire and Water podcast. That would have been great if we could have found a way to do that. That would have Just been like a hologram or something. That would have been fantastic. Wait for, uh, wait for our one-year anniversary episode. You're not going to believe what we're going to do. It's going to cost twice as much. Exactly. It's going to be twice the price. Andy Capellish said, uh, glad to know he's not the only one loving the Tangent Universe. And no, you're not, Andy. I love me some Tangent Universe. And the best thing about that tweet is he put in the hashtag called maybe. <laughs> uh, Clint Buckler said he started his marathon of the Fire and Water podcast back episodes. I never heard from Clint Buckler again. So he- <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's currently in Arkham Asylum. Uh, we should mention this before – just before Chad goes on. Uh, a little bit of a technical thing. We have had a little bit of issues with the feed in terms of um, iTunes cutting off older episodes. And some people have asked, can we air these older episodes? You can find every episode of the Fire and Water podcast at the Fire and Water. First of all, you can find any of them at Aquaman Shrine or Firestone Fan. But we also have a Fire and Water dedicated blog. And that is that is the, the thing that creates the RSS feed for us. So we sort of um, use that as the, 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 the place where all the episodes go. And if you if you are there if you want to go back and find older episodes that iTunes has since cut off which again we're trying to fix that and trying to get that straightened out but you can go to fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com 
and that will list every single episode. So you can go all the way back to the beginning and download all the previous shows that iTunes might be cutting off in case you are crazy like Clint and want to go back and listen to all. <laughs> now I'd say, uh, do me a favor, please don't, um, this sounds weird, don't leave comments there. Um, yeah, that's just, the, it's the, that, that blog was created literally just to have a dedicated one for the podcast to create the RSS feed that iTunes can, can read from. So it's not yeah. something that we sort of use as a conversation thing back and forth. It, it is just created for that reason. But you can find every episode uh, at, at that blog. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, last comment, Matt, who goes by DeBear says, wrote, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Also heard another fire and water podcast by Firestorm and Aquaman. They are working to get James Taylor on the show. Any day now. Any day now. Um, Facebook. You know, we're actually, you know, look. We're going to save Facebook for next time because, you know, I said we're, we're splitting the, the feedback from last time, uh, from the certain episodes. We're going to save Facebook. That'll, we'll talk about Facebook next time. Okay. So that's your chance, folks. Get out there and post as much Facebook feedback as you can. I'll be sure to incorporate it in our next episode. Over on Google+, Plus, want to say thank you uh, to you guys who went out there and gave us some support. Google+, Plus. you, you guys know Google+, Plus, right? That's a social media device that Rob wants to burn in hell. So, <laughs> some people say, just want to see the world burn. That's right. I want to say thank you to those of you who went out there and gave support for episode number 25. Uh, Corey Hodgden, Hector Negrete, Luke Giaconetti, and Andrew Capellish. Thank you guys very much. Um, then I want to say, what the hell happened? <laughs> Seriously, guys. Um, like, this is weird. Like, I, I, I don't know whether I fell off everyone's Google Plus radar or what happened. I don't appear to have lost any followers. But, like, literally... I, I don't think I've gotten a comment or a, a plus one or anything since episode 25 went up like a month ago. And it's like, I'm like, I'm looking at this and, you know, it's not hurting my ego because, you know, I love myself too much. But all I'm thinking is they're just adding fuel to the fire for Rob. Rob is just sitting there in his throne of dead social media platforms going, ah, 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 Google Plus, die. Oh, let me mention the tumbleweeds again because that joke's still funny. You know, and um, <laughs> so what I need for you to do, guys, I mean, please go out there and support. You don't have to support all my posts on Google Plus, but at least do the Fire and Water podcast so we can flip Rob the proverbial social media bird. <laughs> so um, anyway. Glad you're getting so much enjoyment out of that, you evil spider in your social media web, Kelly. Uh, anyway, I did get a comment from Zach Dorman through uh, Google+, Plus, uh, not specific to the show, but he did ask a question. I thought it's worth talking about. He said, he asked me about what he thought was the Firestorm annual when it's going to be released. Uh, he said he'd read the first three or four of the New 52, and it just didn't grab him. So we're hearing about the changes in writing and art. He wants to give the comic another chance. So he wants to know when all the changes are coming. So uh, he also said, by the way, I enjoy the Fire and Water podcast immensely. The New 52 got me back into comics, and I happened upon the podcast at the same time. So thank you for that, Zach. Really appreciate that. Um, so the, the changes to Firestorm are happening in issue number zero, which comes out at the end of September. That's going to be Joe Harris and Yildre Sonar's final issue on the book. And then towards the end of October... Uh, is going to be the first Dan Jurgens issue. So watch for issue zero at the end of September and issue four, 13, sorry, 13 at the end of October. That's where you want to be. Okay. Uh, Kelson of the Speed Force mentioned on his blog the Joe Kubert episode, so in sort of a roundup about Joe Kubert related stuff. So thank you very much, Kelson. He's a good guy. Much rather be podcasting with him. Anyway, um, wow. 
Got some nice messages from Daniel Suddenical Adams. Uh, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's, he's going through some tough personal stuff with his family right now. And he said the podcast had provided him a much-needed distraction. So thank you for that, Daniel. And as I mentioned it before, again, worth credit. Daniel Cynical Adams and the Bad Mamma Jammas are, in fact, the ones that have given us our theme songs for our shows, and it's much appreciated. And next episode, when we do more feedback, we'll reveal who Dan's secret, super secret partner is in those songs. Because Dan has been hogging all the glory for himself for the last 28 episodes, much like Rob does. Anyway, uh, we got an email from Daoud Fakwirian. Hey, hey, I always... Ooh, look. not bad. Smooth, huh? I nice always... that he included the phonetic for you. <laughs> hey, hey, I always like to mess with people by making them try to say my name without any help. Rob did say my name correctly the first time. My, my given name is the Arab, Arab, Arabic equivalent of David. And then he gives Dawood Fakirian, so thank you. Hope Shag had a nice vacation. I can't wait for more Ace Killway from Rob. Well, wait no more, Dawood. You can read it right now on AceKillway.com. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. We also got a nice message from Oscar Olade. Uh, this was from uh, – he's been all over Facebook, which we aren't covering right now, but he also wrote us an email, and he wrote, Robin Shag, hi, longtime reader, listener for the first time to the podcast. Definitely proud to say that I've been following you guys since almost the beginning of both blogs. Finally downloaded the run up to, to, up to date of your show. Now, I've been working my way back into health from being over 338 pounds to my current 191. That's like a whole person. Dude, that's um, that's that's amazing. That is. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Pure exercise, including lots of swimming, yeah, and eating properly. No shortcuts, no surgery or weight loss miracle pills. But also means having the proper company for those workout sessions. Music is nice, but in my opinion, it gets stale after a while. So podcasts were the natural solution. And when I got into yours, it was the perfect fit. It's always a good time listening to you guys. It makes time fly by. But it's really like geeking out with close friends. So I thank you both for doing this, and I hope to reach my fitness goal with the help of my two favorite superheroes. That's a very nice email. Thank you, Oscar, and good on you for for your. Or, uh, weight loss uh, program that is amazing. Even if you stopped it when I, you know, stopping at one ninety one from three thirty eight, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Seriously, man, congratulations! Yeah, that is superb. phenomenal, Oscar. You are to be applauded for your efforts and for the dedication of what you've done, and and to meet, you know, set, setting a goal for yourself and going after it and sticking with it. That says a lot, man. Yep. Well, well done, sir. I'm seriously really impressed. Yes, absolutely. Um, Chad Bokelman wrote uh, a nice letter here. I'm going to read as much of this as I can. It's fairly long, but it's you know, all great stuff. Uh, he said, hey, Robin Shag, hey, fellas, I want to drop you a line uh, or, or into and share a couple of things. First, he's a little behind on his listings, currently on episode 21, as his podcast listening is pretty stacked up right now. But a month ago, so I figured out I was allowed to listen to my iPod at work. So you two have helped me through more boring parts of my days, which is most of them. <laughs> oh, it always makes me so happy when I hear someone is listening to our podcast at work. I we just, we get so that cool. a lot. So, uh, so he wrote, Rob, a week ago, a coworker of mine brought up the fact that Aquaman, aside from being lame, had absolutely zero powers on land. I argued with him tooth and nail, much to the chagrin of those seated around me when they finally got a chance to witness Chad's geekiness firsthand. <laughs> but I told him I'd bring in Aquaman number one the following day to prove my point. I left it on his desk with a post-it note saying it outsold every single Marvel book for a few months. Just try it. Suck on that. <laughs> so when he got in that day, he read it. And when he handed it back to me, he said, that was good. I really liked the art. Uh, I really liked the way the art looked, and I liked the stuff. I said, and... Wait, and I like that the stuff I said yesterday was basically in the comic. 
Now, he went on to continue dogging Aquaman for his, quote, lameness, but all the while with a smile on his face, just trying to get me to unleash my inner geek again. This story is significant because my coworker, who's age 22, is one of those Jersey Shore type guys with the tan, aviator shades, hair gel faux hawk, and the whole club boy attitude. <laughs> For a guy like this to actually say anything positive about a comic book, let alone one he was ragging on the day before, is nothing short of a miracle. Go New 52! Uh, he also wrote, Shag, I'll be returning to my place among the ranks of matchheads everywhere soon. With the solicitation of number zero of the Firestorm series, I am super stoked to witness the return of one Firestorm. I believe this goes a long way into fixing many of the things I found wrong with the new series. I cannot wait to read it, and I hope to begin listening to more regularly to the show as a result. Listening more right. Re- listening more right. Re- what the hell? I know you're behind, but that makes it sound like you don't listen to every single episode. I don't Chad, know. what the hell? I don't understand the young people today. <sighs> Anyway, Shag, will you be returning to blog posts over on Firestorm Fan containing your reviews and breakdowns of current issues of Firestorm? I get that. I get that. By doing the podcast, you both pretty much get your thoughts out about these episodes, but surely you must not know, or you must know everyone who's not a fan of your blog listens to the show. Or vice versa. I got that a little mixed up, but you know what I meant. Um, not a knock at all, my friend. I'm more curious than anything, especially since I'm not currently reading the series. I'd like to see some panel breakdowns and you point out things that I'm otherwise missing. You know, Chad, that's a good point. Um... I thought about doing individual issue breakdowns uh, on the site. I know Rob does those for Aquaman. A lot of it comes down to time. Um, I'm managing a few too many things in my life right now. They're very time-consuming. Having done a lot of comic breakdowns, they, they take a lot of time. Um, I will make an effort to do it once in a while. Um, issue zero is probably a good place to start with that, so I'll give that a shot. Because I did, I did it during Brightest Day. Before we had this podcast, I did that quite often on Brightest Day, and I think that's what he's referring to. And those posts were quite popular. Um, so I'll, I'll do what I can. I can't make any promises simply because uh, my family comes first, and just getting five posts scheduled a week is pretty tough for me. <laughs> but uh, I'll do what I can. So, And, you know, I'd like to. I'm, I did enjoy them. So. Anyway, he says, thanks to you both. Uh, I know the whole thing that won't be read on the air. You're wrong. I did. But I do appreciate all the two of you do. Even if I'm not caught up, I still continue to ride the wave and fan the flame. See one or both of you at New York Comic Con. Ooh, that stings. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, go read Don't worry, Chad. State. Don't worry, Chad. We'll get together and we'll just talk about Chad. I'll, I'll give you all the scoops of what it's like to actually have to record with this guy every week. <laughs> Chad Bokelman. And, folks, you can catch him over at The Lantern Cast, which is lanterncast.com or corpseconjecture.blogspot.com. And uh, he's got a crossover coming up in October, a blog crossover coming up in October, folks. Watch for that. Between, yeah. we'll, be, we'll both be in it. Got an email from Mark F. Grave? I think F. Grave. Yeah. yeah. Seems right. Um, very nice uh, comment. He was talking about uh, Hurricane, which is uh, one of the Firestorm Protocol characters. And he was saying where he thought maybe the name Hurricane came from. Because a couple episodes back on episode 18, we had sort of speculated it. And he said he believed the character was named after an RAF fighter plane of the same name that was seen in action during World War II. It wasn't as famous as the Spitfire, but the Hurricane actually shot down more enemy planes during the war. That's a really cool theory. Um, I like that. Um, but it turns out that the actual reason uh, – Ethan Van Skyver actually stopped by Firestorm Fan one day to let us know where the name Hurricane came from. So if you go out there and Google uh, first British nuclear test – uh, in 1952, you will find where Hurricane comes into play. Uh, we got an email from Jack Dower, 
uh, regarding episode 25 to the brilliant fleet commanders. <laughs> I love, I love that. <laughs> this is sort of his own construction there. I was listening to your new episode as is my habit. You guys were discussing some new concepts you might add to the show. Example, rogues, gallery descriptions and ways to destroy Google plus, or was that just Rob? Uh, uh, I don't, uh, okay. Speaking of the creator behind my favorite webcomic, the great ace Kilroy. Thank you. He said that, oh. not me. He is just kissing your butt he left is. and thank, right. Thank you, Jack. I will buy that graphic novel when it comes out. Anyway, Shag mentioned the new direction for Firestorm. I love the book and agree with you guys that Joe Harris was not given enough time. No use crying over spilled nuclear waste, though. Let's take a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe there is a lot of crying when that happens. Let's take a trip to the land of make-believe. Rob, you are now writing Firestorm. What direction would you take it? Um, and then, yes, Shag, you are in charge of the new Prisoner of War series, not named Aquaman. Where do you go with it? Thanks for the great show, guys. Jack Dower. P.S. I love the brightest day direction for both characters. I feel like those two questions are too big for us to answer right here. I, I, I would – quick answer if I was handed Firestorm. I would return it back to the basic core concept because I think the basic core concept is really strong. I think you can update it with – you know, sort of the modern take we have on science and the modern take we have on sports. I think they're, you know, the the the, the dumb jock thing is is a trope that can be tweaked and uh, you know updated for the modern age. And the same thing with science. And so I think um, you could do a lot with with that. But I would return it to the basic core concept, which, as far as I know, is what Dan Jurgens is going to be doing. Well, when you say core concept, do you mean one character or do you mean Professor Stein? Professor Stein and Ronnie Raymond. Okay, because what Dan Jurgens is doing, Jason Rush and Ronnie Raymond. Okay, well, I mean, th- all right, that's the same basic concept. I would probably go back even further and really make it a science, non-science kind of. I, I don't know. I think that's an interesting divide, but you know. Yeah, uh, Prisoner of War. Very quickly, uh, I would. If you're reading GI Combat, which is a new series, they're on issue four, I believe it is. By the way, I, didn't, I haven't even told you, Rob. I just started picking up GI Combat from oh. New Fifty Two. Loving it. It's great. It's got the land, or it's got the war that time forgot, and the GI con- and the Unknown Soldier. I would kind of go a little bit like the Unknown Soldier where he's just not even deal with superhero stuff much. He's just going into war zones and dealing with those kind of issues. Uh, you know, then maybe have a supervillain or two sort of show up. And then maybe after six issues, you do like a, a story arc where you see his platoon and how he got his powers and things like that. I would just love to see him battling, saving people, doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, lots of, that'd be a lot of killing. By the way, did you see the first official Prisoner of War cosplay? No. Yes. Oh, we retweeted it all up and down from the shrine. There's a guy uh, who is dressed as prisoner of war. So we've got a, we've got a prisoner of war cosplay going now. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Andy Capellas wrote us. What a shock. Uh, yes, he wrote us a very nice letter talking about uh, how we're first. Um, First on his iPod pull list, so thank you. And he goes on to say some other things about um, he's looking forward to the Firestorm trade, and uh, he thinks the show's very um, consistently well done. So thank you for that. And uh, I like what he wrote. Keep on riding the wave and fanning the flame, swift and powerful monarch of nothing. <laughs> wow. Andrew, Andrew Capellish, verify. Verify. <laughs> Uh, we got an email from Keith Singh from episode 26. It was a long email, and like I said, we, I'd love to get through all of it, but we're kind of running out of time a little bit, so I'm just going to mention this one part at the end. He says he's still waiting on the second part to the Superpowers episode. Yeah, we are too. Uh, nuke a Lear sub for life, y'all. Keith Samra. <laughs> P.S. Please don't play the Call Me Maybe song anymore. It's bad enough they play it in every club I seem to hit on the weekends. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. Can't promise that. 
Well, Keith, also a couple other things he mentioned. Uh, and, and just for you to remember, Keith's also an artist. So he yes. mentioned uh, different stuff that he learned at art school that I'm just ignorant about. Uh, he mentioned Aquaman definitely has a very Indiana Jones feel and that he's very excited about Dan Jurgens coming on the book. But he's also sad to see uh, Yildre Snar and Marlo Alquiza leave. So. And he thinks the Who's Who episodes are totally fat with PH. <laughs> Now, he wrote another letter um, that I wanted to read real quick. Uh, he said, hey, Steam Team, I totally spaced and forgot to tell you guys an interesting tidbit I found out regards to the Indian firestorm Roxashi. Being Indian, I was really curious about Roxashi. Her name resembles the name Roxash, which I always thought of as something evil. So I asked my dad, and he told me that Roxash is a demon or an evil humanoid spirit. And he said his understanding of the name Roxashi to be the female of, of, uh, version of that. Dad's dad said they were also said to be um, been types of man-eaters. They had the ability to sh- change their appearance through the use of magic that were part of their natural abilities. I showed him the Firestorm book that featured Rakshashi, and he said she resembled the Hindu goddess Kali, the goddess of time. Or at least that's what I think he said he was, she was the goddess of, which is the polar opposite of what her name means. Just thought I should share with you guys. Keep up the good work, Key Samra. Wow, that was your um, the more you know moment right there, Absolutely. folks. Absolutely. That was great, Keith. Um, you know, that was probably the most informative thing we've gotten from this episode. So um, you guys, you've you got to keep up with Keith. I mean, he is providing fact. He's like a, a living Wikipedia, so, or his dad is at least. You guys, We need more stuff like this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do I'm more work build, for I, us. I, I'm building up to something. That's where I'm going. It is, it's not going well. I'm building up to my anger and ire about iTunes. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do, and it's, uh, it wasn't a good segue. So, Keith, you, you, you bore the brunt of that. Sorry. So, iTunes, folks, um, I'd like to mention all the reviews we got specific to the Fire and Water podcast. And, oh, there's none. What is wrong with you people? Over on the Who's Who show, I said that we hadn't had any reviews, and I barked at those people. And then, let me tell you, they came out in legion force. We've got several Who's Who reviews out there on iTunes, which we'll read in our next Who's Who episode. And I can't tell you guys thank you enough. For you Fire and Water listeners, what the heck? We give you a free show. No love on the iTunes? What is with you people? <laughs> um, that's my over, you know. Always good, good thing to berate your audience. Always a good I'm, idea. We'll see if it works. I don't know if it will. It's a trick. Anyway, um, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, it would be appreciated. It really does help people find the Fire and Water podcast. I actually uh, was on iTunes not too long ago, and I typed in uh, Firestorm to see what came up. And shockingly, our podcast did not come up first. Uh, Tom versus The Flash came up first because he covered uh, a couple of uh, Tom versus Aquaman, I guess now. But he covered uh, some episodes, issues with Firestorm. I'm like, what the heck? That beat us? And then Aquaman uh, comes up, I don't know, like not as high as it should either. So if you could give us some feedback uh, on iTunes, it would be appreciated. So here you go, folks. The most important moment of the day. The almighty, the well-beloved, the award winners of the STEAM Award. So, folks, uh, you guys, uh, this, is, this is a coveted award. Only a few people have won it. And uh, today we are inducting a new member to the STEAM Award Hall of Fame. And that person is Andy Kapelish. Where Rob would insert, you know, cheers and all this stuff if he really did any effort in the post-production. Yeah, what are you um, gonna do? <laughs> guys, this is great. Uh, we'll put this up on the Tumblr. Uh, Andy Capellich did a drawing. He, if you've ever looked at our Fire and Water logo, it's got Aquaman on the top and Firestorm on the bottom. 
Not exactly sure how that worked out, other than mm, maybe I know the guy who did the graphic design. Anyway, uh, it's called, and in the middle, there's a black bar that says the Fire and Water Podcast. Well, he has done a similar drawing, the same sort of setup, and on the top, it is a drawing of Scavenger, the Aquaman villain, swimming in the same sort of pose, and on the bottom, it's Slipknot sort of raging towards the viewer, the same sort of pose as Firestorm, and in the middle, it says the Knot and Scavenge Podcast. (laughs) This is awesome. It's brilliant. The, the, The artwork's nice. The coloring is nice. He did a great job. If Aquaman and Firestorm ever both get canceled, that's the show we're doing. Absolutely. We are all over the Not and Scavenge podcast. So uh, <laughs> very well done, Andy. Uh, I'm really impressed. And congratulations on the much-coveted Steam Award. Uh, it is as tangible as Steam. Uh, so there you go. Enjoy that. Put it under your pillow and sleep with it at night. It's, it may not be a blinky, but it's, uh, it's something. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, Rob, um, this is going to wrap up uh, our podcast for now, folks. Come back next time where we finish the rest of the massive <laughs> amount of listener feedback we've received. It's like a post office job at Christmas. Oh, gosh. Uh, Rob, where can people find the Aquaman Shrine? com and Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Google Plus technically. No, not really. <laughs> Doing one post back in November doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> November of 2011, by the way, to be clear. Uh, where can they find Ace Kilroy? AceKilroy.com. You, Ace Kilroy also has a Tumblr, but just go to AceKilroy.com and you can find everything. And the new season started August 6th, and uh, there you can see pictures of the Blinky Award. Yay! <laughs> Folks, you can find Firestorm Fan at FirestormFan.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. And we are active on Google+, all under the same term, Firestorm Fan. And um, what's, tell, why don't you also share, Rob, the email address and the Tumblr? Yes, Firewater. Well, the email is firewaterpodcast at comcast.net, and the Tumblr is fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. Perfect. Folks, uh, continue to ride the wave and fan the flame, and we'll talk to you next time. All righty. Bye-bye. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together, soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better Whenever you find trouble They'll always be there To catch them in a bubble Or even torch their hair Stand for truth and justice And see on land and air Firestorm and Aquaman They make a super pair Aquaman and Firestorm Super friends forever